This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. You know, it's nice that you're reaching out to the show in this this horrible time for you and your testicles, and hopefully that you know, in a way that the office makes me think of that one bit of music. Hopefully, chain wrestling doesn't make you think of swollen testicles going forward. First of all, before we get on, I want to say thank you so, so, so much to everybody who messaged me, whether it was that they, they sent me a tweet or they sent me a DM or anything like that, wishing me well and, and saying, you know, hope I get better soon and all that sort of stuff. I hugely, hugely appreciate it. Um, we'll get to my experiences with COVID very soon. Honestly, that was horrific, but we'll get to that in a moment. However, however, and God damn it, have I missed this. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or indeed watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live, returning from a one-week hiatus from me lying in bed feeling rough as hell. With Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am the feeling much better Sai, thank you for asking. And with me as always is the flying Brian to my felt like I was dying. The Larry Zabisco to my lateral flow. That's a good one, Mags. You like that? You having that one? That's a good one. No, I've, oh, I've had a lateral claw test today. A podcaster who once a year sneaks around your house touching packages, but oddly not in December, not in a red suit. Oh, you can be as rude as you like with me. Hmm, I'll leave you to figure that one out on your own. But not in any suit at all. <laughs> His birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> the podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, mate? I missed you last week, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know I'll give you grief, but I did miss you. Um, it was it was cool to have a, a bit of a break, and we we got to slide the volley into a an earlier slot. And I give a little bit of a tribute to you by introducing the show in yes. the the Sir Powell style. Uh, but yeah, glad you're back, sir. Glad you're I back. I did enjoy. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy you having to go at the intro there. That was that was quite cool. I, I didn't nail it. I certainly didn't nail it. But yeah, I had a go. The secret is to have not a lot else going on in your life, so you can just practice it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, 
Yeah, so COVID last week meant for the first time since, well, for the first time since Chain Wrestling started, we had a week mm-hmm. with no episode. And yes. for the first time since we went live, we actually had a week with nothing coming out at all. So that was uh, that was a bit of a shock to the system. I, I desperately wanted to try and get the show done. I cancelled other recordings and so on that were scheduled before Chain Wrestling. But the closer it got to the time, the more I thought, oh, man, I just feel so terrible. I ain't going to be able to uh, to get through it. I, so I've always had a, a mantra when it comes to uh, recording podcasts or, or going live that real life always comes first. Uh, mm-hmm. And if... It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And, and at the end of the day, we do this for fun. And if it meant you were struggling um, with illness, it wouldn't be fun for you. So there's absolutely would have been no point you doing the show. So yeah, we've we've brought the duck now. We've had a, a week away. Um, we'll be back uh, hitting them harder than ever with the the chain wrestling. So yeah, maybe I'm, about I'm glad you're back. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're back. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, we've got uh, Millwall Chris in the chat saying uh, um, how long before you actually uh, felt better because he tested positive this morning and he feels like crap. Uh, Mrs. Mag that said made me take uh, one of the, the lateral floor tests uh, earlier because I'm a bit sneezy, a bit uh, coffee, a bit wheezy. Uh, yeah, um, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, no, no symptoms of uh, of COVID, and then it, the the test come back uh, fully negative. So, yeah, it's just you, the infected one, sir. And yeah, patient zero in the chat. Ah, no, Charlie is not patient zero. Livy was patient zero. Ah, yes, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie was patient zero COVID. If anything, the weird thing was it worked this way f- around our whole household, apart from Charlie. Charlie continued to mm-hmm. test negative the whole time. She, I mean, she had a few symptoms. She had a bit of a cough. She didn't feel very well. So she couldn't go to school anyway because she was living with someone who had a positive test and mm-hmm. had symptoms. But she shares a room with Livy, who is our patient zero. She brought it in the house. Thanks, Liv. Um, she, <laughs> and it went around everyone in the household. Oddly, apart from Charlie. Charlie survived it all. So she, you know, she, she didn't pick up anything, which was funny uh Millwall chris let me have a think monday night i did chain wrestling and i felt a bit grotty so we took the test tuesday morning came back positive tuesday afternoon i was rough wednesday afternoon i was terrible thursday friday probably i'd probably say saturday afternoon sunday morning i started to feel a bit a bit better i guess um yeah probably saturday afternoon i started to feel a bit better and then since then i've, I've felt all right so Less than a week, but not by much. Five, six days, maybe, I suppose, was, was the, the worst part of it. But it, it affects everyone differently, doesn't it? I mean, my wife was quite poorly. Sharon was quite coffee and spluttery and achy and felt rough. Uh, my lad had it, and he, by feeling a bit grotty here and there and a bit of a cough, was, was relatively okay. Liv, who brought it into the house seemed pretty much fine <laughs> barring a day where she was a bit off but uh, but honestly that was the worst i have ever felt in my whole life mm-hmm. uh, i'm not you know saying this with dramatic effect or any anything like that that was honestly that was the worst i've felt in my whole life i have i've never been that ill before in 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 my years of existence like whether it was wow all the different illnesses and so on i've had in the past issues i've had in the past that was horrific there are times i couldn't get out of bed there are times i couldn't eat i couldn't do no- I, I was I was awful. Yeah, the wife does. I'm still not. Yeah, I, 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 you know, confession I, time. I mean, I'd put it that he's never been right in the first place. <laughs> uh, confession time. Like, <laughs> I still get hit with the tiredness. Yeah. Um, I, well, today I was, I literally went for a bit of a lie down before we went live because it hit me again. I felt a bit tired. It's not like ill, just a bit like all of a sudden, bad, like I, yeah. I, I need to sleep. 
and it's, it's weird, but it is what it is, mate. It is what it is. How's your last two weeks been there, Magsy, since I've uh, last seen your glorious little round face? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been fun, busy. Um, as always, like I said, when we had a had a, um, a negative COVID test today, feeling a bit a little bit uh, worse aware uh, earlier on. But yeah, I'm fine. I'll muddle through. Uh, but yeah, in, in terms of content, it's been. Uh, ravaged a little bit with with covid especially with the football so we've been kind of hit and miss with uh with radio techers um but it's christmas so it's been kept busy recording like the christmas episodes of of, of shows and and things like that so yeah I've, uh, i found things to do with, with my absence of uh my weekly dose of sa yeah missing me though mate weren't you missing me i were yeah i mean i know i give you grief <laughs> i know i i poke fun but yeah i, I miss you last uh last monday and you're yeah. gonna make me regret that in this episode i assume well maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> no i miss doing the show as well it's it's funny there's the saying isn't there that you don't know what you got till it's gone i guess um the old cinderella song fantastic band from the 80s look them up kids if you've never heard anything about cinderella they are awesome um that tune again, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Having just the one week off, uh, I was gutted because I was so desperate to try and get to do the show, you know. Because again, I, I said, um, well, I said, I said nobody's heard it yet because I've, I've been recording bits and bobs. But I said, this is one of the highlights of my week. I know Magsy said one of the highlights of his week. People always tell us it's one of the highlights of their week and they look forward to a Monday evening with us and everyone else in the chat and so on. So yeah, I really want to try and get it done. But as you said, Magsy, it just got to a stage where I had to kind of give up on that idea. So I'm really glad to be back sat in front of this tiny little space and a blaring gleaming light blinding me to be able to speak to everybody uh in the chat and yourself mate so yeah i'm glad that it's i'm glad that we're back anyway well i'm I'm gonna put you on a bit of a downer now uh because okay. uh, I, I mentioned to you uh in the in the, the pre-stream that uh, i've got a pimple dick this week oh so, no so let's hit that music pimple dick alert oh a teeny weeny. Yes, so this week's pimple dick is you lot. You lot out there. Ooh. Now, I Me don't mean well. <laughs> you, you are included in this group. Um, okay. Now, I, I obviously don't mean the chairman of the family. I know that you guys uh, are paragons of virtue and you, you made this show absolutely uh, amazing every single week. But it's the the wrestling Twitter sphere or the RWC in general Um, over the past um, 48 hours or so, three uh, wrestlers have been essentially forced off Twitter because of uh, backlash from wrestling Twitter over various incidents. We've had Corey Jade and the stuff that went on with her in between her and Darby Allen for uh, the wrestling uh, Twitterverse forced Corey Jade to essentially delete her, her uh, Twitter account, which is ridiculous over a, a petty little argument over a skateboard. Then uh, we've had Jordan Grace today. She uh, deleted her account because uh, wrestling fans were giving her husband, Jonathan Gresham, grief about his heart. Now, the guy, yeah, he's, what, five foot four, I think, five foot five, but he's arguably one of the best wrestlers that's alive today. Uh, That's the the Ring of Honor guy, isn't it, yeah? Yeah, he's the the guy who won the Ring of Honor title at the the last show. Running his own show in the in the next few weeks, uh, called Terminus, I think. Uh, but yeah, he's super super talented, uh, and um, she she got 
to the point where she felt she had to defend him from all this uh this uh vitriol of hate. Uh, and that then fired onto onto her, so she deleted hers uh, Twitter account. But the 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 one that kind of ground me the most is is Tar Conte. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, being uh, a massive AEW fan, you'll probably know the reasoning why. But um, Sammy Guevara uh, recently proposed to his uh, girlfriend on on an episode of Dynamite, uh, and they've now they've subsequently broken up, uh, and Tar Conte is is. For whether she's done anything or not is absolutely irrelevant, but she's getting grief and being called a home wrecker, um, being being basically just given loads and loads of uh, of, of backlash because Sammy Guevara split up with his with his girlfriend to the point where she uh, handed the control of her social media over to her management team, and when the when the vitriol didn't stop, the management team made the decision to to close that account as well. So, wrestling Twitter. Showing its absolute bare arsehole again, showing how much of idiots that they are uh, that they force three wrestlers off wrestling Twitter. It's wrestling, it's entertainment. Other people's lives are not your problem. Um, yeah, it just it just annoys me. And the, the tack onto one more than anything because it wasn't that long ago we had all the same thing with uh, Corey Graves and Carmella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember. And and it seems to be kind of rolling back round again where uh, the anonymity of wrestling Twitter means you can say horrible things to a person and there is no there's no comeback, there's no recompense for it, and I just don't like it at all. Um I'm not a massive fan of Ty Conte, uh, especially her NXT run, uh, but I think that she has grown so much into a wrestle where she looked like a legitimate um uh, contender for Britt Baker. She had the 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 backing of the internet wrestling community. Everybody seemed to love her. And then two days later, she's she's enemy number one. It's it's ridiculous. Wrestling Twitter needs to have a word with itself. It's there, there needs to be a lot of people grow up in inside the, the wrestling Twitter sphere. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um the is it Jordan Grace, the mm-hmm. lady's name? And and Jonathan Gresham. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I saw something when I woke up this morning and I tried to sort of look into what it was, but I'd already seen that the, the lady had deleted her Twitter so on. So I was mm-hmm. literally just picking up bits and bobs to sort of find out what happened there. Um, the one with the skateboarding issue and so on, I thought that that young, young lady dealt with her comments very, very well with regards to Darby mm-hmm. Allen, but people just turned on her and so on. Um, the Ty Conti one's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely shocking, and, and the reason it is, it, you know, it, it's completely irrelevant. What's what's happened, what hasn't happened, what's gone on, what the rumours are, whether it's true, false, whatever. It's completely irrelevant because it's nobody's mm-hmm. fucking business. Exactly, nobody's business. But yeah, these people, and and this is the biggest issue I have with social media is that I'm all for freedom of speech. I'm all for everyone having a voice and everyone having an opinion. However, with everyone having a voice and having an opinion, is literally that. Everyone has a voice, and that mm-hmm. includes the low IQ pimple dick morons who either a enjoy stirring up trouble and causing problems, or b are just so just downright stupid that they're commenting on stuff and 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 talking about topics that they're not qualified or intelligent enough to discuss with with other members of the general public. Yeah, and this is the biggest issue I have with social media in general because there's so much so much positive 
to come from Twitter and and Facebook and all the others. I mean, what we do, for example, what we do, for example, is, is so heavily based upon wrestling Twitter and mm-hmm. the interactions we get, the matches we look at come from what the votes that are our listeners and viewers put forward our non-wrestling topic and our discussions on Twitter and all this sort of stuff is, is all through social media. So to me, that's a huge positive of social media. However, there are so many assholes out there who use it for just being a dick and being able to hide behind a profile picture. And, and, and I mean, the term is keyboard warrior, I guess, isn't it? But being able to hide behind a profile picture of their favorite wrestler or a cartoon or something that doesn't actually show their own spotty little face sat in their mum and dad's basement waiting for their mum to bring down their sandwich for lunch and so on because they're not allowed to go upstairs and use the sharp knives it's too dangerous for them you know and all this sort of stuff it, it, it's, it's ridiculous you know and, and you've got these people who comment on you think they, they've got a right to comment on these people's personal lives or body shame or whatever which they which they haven't obviously and then you've also got people who who seem to think their opinion matters more than anyone else and that is the assholes, the Brad Shepherds of this world. My God, that guy just needs to go and, uh, and just choke on a big bag of dicks. He's a piece of shit. Uh, the DJ Storms, what a fucking asshole he is. I hope he catches COVID to the level I had it. And I wouldn't wish this upon anyone. But that guy, <laughs> fucking hell. I, I want him to spend a week let him bed feeling rough as shit because it is that it, he is that much of a piece of crap and makes people miserable. I wish that there was some way of policing this better whether that comes from the social media companies themselves or whatever, I don't know. I wish there was a way that these people, when they behaved in a certain way, made certain comments, whether it is body shaming, being homophobic, racist, or as you've explained there, Max, getting involved in other people's personal lives and basically hounding people from a social media platform. I wish there was a way that this could be policed better and these people could get kicked off social media and the the good people, shall we say, can just get on with it and enjoy it for what it should be used for. And that's a platform to enhance, I suppose, meeting new friends and discussing topics that we all love. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. The, Twitter is as as now as it has ever been a double-edged sword. It's, it's so cool that we have uh, made these connections with uh, the, the CWF and and with, uh, with you um, that that I wouldn't change that for the world, but it's, it comes with the fact that, that these wrestlers now have fans in, in their, in their mentions and fans in their, in their follow base who believe that they are awed access to mm, yeah. every facet of their labs. Uh, it's an entitlement, and, isn't it? It's that kind of air of entitlement that they have, that, you know, sorry, Max, you're gone. No, you, you, you're at, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's the entitlement that a lot of fans have, that they are, they are obliged to know this information, that they're obliged to know that, uh, somebody is having uh, extramarital or extra relationship uh, affairs that that's not anyone's business. It wouldn't no. be anyone's business. If I was doing it, it would be anyone's business. If you were doing it, why do we believe that it's our business if a wrestler's doing it? They they always absolutely nothing. They give more than they than they ever should uh, in in terms of uh, interaction with fans, in terms of um, in terms of sharing stuff about about their labs. But to hound uh, a potential innocent party off a social media platform is it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it just shows how how draconian uh, wrestling Twitter can be sometimes, mm-hmm. that they think that they are owed this information. It's, it's, 
it's beyond a joke. When when people like Cora Jade, who's a, a young, what, 22-year-old. Um, Isn't she only 20? I think she's just 20 years old. It's and and she got hounded off off social media because of yeah. the vitriol from from uh, Derby Allen fans. Tar content, like I said, potentially has nothing to do with it uh, with the Sammy and, and Pam stuff. But even if she had, it's not our business, and it's certainly not the business of people to go and hound her off uh, off social media. And then the the Jonathan Gresham stuff, uh, it's just horrific horrific mm-hmm. how how people think uh they have the the right to slate this guy because he's not six foot and not uh built in the WWE where he would legitimately kill each and every one of the those people making those comments he's that talented um yeah uh dan has put it in the chat perfectly uh i slip not put it people are equal shit yeah, and there's a saying that I kind of live by from the RT crowd, uh, right? People, what a bunch of bastards. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. And again, people who can hide behind a profile picture, I think are even worse, aren't they? You know, mm-hmm. or they or they think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tucked away somewhere on my laptop or my phone and no one can get to me in real life and just run their mouths. It's, it's disgusting. And, and it's, it's bullying effectively especially when you know there's a group of people hounding one particular individual about something um you know it's it's bullying Mm -hmm. and again have we learned nothing have we learned nothing over the last two years of of uh, of wrestling we've we've learned absolutely nothing yeah and and you get these people who and again i mentioned his name earlier i'm not going to say it again you can make your mind up of which of the two it is because they're both pieces of shit but wait for it Oh my god, what a fuck Anyone who watches that fucking idiot Jesus fucking Christ Um, He's he's one of the worst of the lot He's one of the biggest bullies I've ever encountered On, on, on social media And he's, he's tried it with me in the past My first interaction with him Now I didn't even know who he was I had no idea And he jumped on a comment I put on there It was like unpopular opinions on Twitter And I put something on there And he jumped on it And basically started calling me stupid And saying that it's not my opinion it's stupidity. He speaks fat. And it really went for it. Um, now, looking back, the funniest thing about this whole interaction was being quite sarcastic and tongue-in-cheek and 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 just being a bit a, a bit of a dick back, I suppose. I said to him, I noticed you've got a YouTube channel. Would you like me to put a few tweets out trying to help you like, publicise it a little bit? Because I see you haven't got many followers. Oh, my God, did he bite on that one, mate? Did he bite on that one? <laughs> you know? But again, I didn't do it out of just being trying to be a clever day. I, I, I didn't even know who the guy was, I, you know, <laughs> but it's it just, the, he is the perfect example of someone who just runs their mouth and just bullies people. And then again, these people, these people who, who hanged Ty Conti and, and hanged the, the, the other people that we've discussed uh, or jump on certain individuals content and call them idiots and pathetic for what they're doing or laugh. Cause Oh, this video has only got 10 views. And why does that fucking matter? Someone's doing what they're doing and they're enjoying it, whatever. But they jump on and start ranting on about uh, and having a go at them and, and you're pathetic. And why'd you bother and all this? And in their bios, they've got, we're anti-bullying. Everyone's equal. Everyone's this, everyone's that. And it's like, Oh, you fucking idiots. Just, Oh, <laughs> Oh, I'm done. I'm going to go away for another week, I think. You've wound me up, mate. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I didn't mean to do that, but essentially it's just internet wrestling community just needs to do better. Needs yeah. to do better. Just- I'll tell you something else that's really powerful, Magsy, and this is something that I 
really sort of noticed in the last few weeks, especially being quite poorly. And the only thing I could do was watch my laptop and go on social media, block, report, mute, whatever. Those buttons are an absolute godsend. As whereas I want everyone to be as inclusive as possible and have everyone talk. Social media is great for meeting people and talking to people that you, you wouldn't normally come across, I guess, because the world is a big place and social media makes it that much smaller. Sometimes having that, that, that mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to cut these people out because they are a fucking cancer. They are. They're disgusting human beings. I'm just going to cut these people out and, and making your, your timeline for, for, for want of a better term, your own social media for, for molding that in, into what you want it to be. I'm a huge, huge advocate for that. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of muting these people, cutting these people out, blocking these people, reporting these people. If you see something you don't like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? There's millions of people online. Don't your let one t- or two ruin, you know, your experience. Yeah. Your Twitter, your rules. If you exactly. Mean- you cultivate the 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 following and you cultivate the friendships that you want um yeah don't put up with the bullshit exactly mate. exactly uh what we got going on in the chat then magsy before we get on to our uh, non-wrestling topic this week Woof, well it's a uh, quite an, an active chat today there's a there's um a, a, a new face in 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 the live chat here but we'll get to that in a minute uh, we've got mrs uh, mrs p it's monday night you know what that means Dan Griffin, hello, sir. Um, here we go. First Christmas present. Chain Wrestling is back. And also, go and check out our UTT podcast. I think uh, the episode with uh, with Matt Willis uh, dropped today, and it's a, it's a banger. Um, Matt Willis is on it. You have to set aside about five, five and a half hours, I expect. It, it's close to three. <laughs> it's about three hours. <laughs> Love you, Matt. I'm only joking. Scottish Danny, um, and yeah, finally the the chain has come back to YouTube. And again, I've got to give props out to to Danny as well uh, with uh, Tanner uh, having this this move across the state of uh, of Texas. Uh, Danny has has come in clutch uh, on a changing attitude. Uh, I think we've recorded. He's been on for the last four or five weeks now, uh, and he's, um, he's been an absolute star on that show. He even led an episode because obviously we're changing oh, attitude. Yeah, we have the the kind of gimmick where the it's a rotating lead, yeah. and and Danny, he, before we even pitched him to rotate to be a lead, he was on it. He's like, "Yep, can't wait. Uh, I've already got my notes sorted." So yeah, he's been brilliant stuff. Well done, Danny. Superstar. Well done, Danny. Um, Sorry, speaking shot- of um, Tanner, there, Magsy, mm-hmm. is, is does does he drive or does his mister? Are they moving items across Texas one by one by hand? Because he's been gone for weeks. Um, it's to do with his the he had signed a, a rental agreement in Waco, which wasn't up till like the beginning of January, right? Um, okay, and then his his missus got a job back in Austin, so is they essentially have two places at the same time. So rather than have to like run it all down in a in in one go, he's got plenty of time to to move it about. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, see. Been, I reckon he's just avoiding you. I mean, I don't blame him. I can't avoid me, and I, and I live with me. <laughs> back to back to the chat. We've got Connor McCabe. Hello, sir. Um, yeah, and Connor uh, again. I'm, I feel Hello. like I'm promoting everybody's stuff, uh, but he's got a he set up his own uh, YouTube channel now. Where I think he's doing uh, um, a show similar to uh, to Quantum Leap. I think what is the show called? Twilight oh, Zone. Again, the Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the he's tweets a, and so on, Connor. Yeah, he's um, doing some good stuff there. Um, Sharon, he's not still not right uh, now. And Dan Griffin saying, yeah, he's always half left. Correct. 
Uh, and then we uh, we're getting a lot of love for for our uh, take on wrestling Twitter. Absolutely one of the highlights of the week. Uh, Chain wrestling is a council of Dan's approved. <laughs> Um, Sharon confirming that Charlie's the only one in the house who isn't vaccinated, and she's also the only one who didn't get COVID, which is uh, which is quite mental. Um, Dan agreeing that wrestling fans are such such weird dickheads, mm. um, and Sharon saying people are guilty un- unless proven otherwise. Opinions like assholes, we all have one, but that doesn't mean uh, we show it, and. The Queen of any, um, Mama Queen in the chat. Hello, um, Queen. How are you? Um, Sharon, uh, Scottish Danny, I think that's why we've always uh, struggled with it. And she's meaning it's for how far some fans uh, will go. Uh, Dan, may all the pimple dicks of Twitter forever have an itch in a place that they cannot reach. Brilliant. Um, then um, Dan saying people are shit, but present company are excluded, obviously. Um, Scottish Danny saying RT crowd was ahead of its time. Imagine what we'd be like with, with all the new technology and if the internet was a box on its own. And oh. you have to be careful to not yeah. break the internet. I'll and, give you the internet. And <laughs> it doesn't weigh anything because it's wireless. Yeah. Oh, that is so good, isn't it? That program cracks me up. It, it, it absolutely is. Um, so, so yeah, we've uh, plenty of action in the chat, and as per usual, they're having chats between themselves, not really con- uh, concentrating on us, which is... I don't blame them, Sharon confirming that you're probably going to need a little bit of a nanny nap after this. I'll just run out of steam so quick, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, just just like literally anything, just, just wipes me out. Yeah, it's it's worn down. I mean, it yeah. it hits, it hits so many kind of uh, many of your bodily systems that yeah, I'm not, I am not surprised. I'm actually surprised you are back uh, as you are now. I thought you would have knocked you way more off your feet. I've seen people well, really struggle with it. I did have a three hour kit before we went live. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we go. I apologise in advance if I start yawning towards the end of the show or if I forget to press my mute button and start coughing. Like, you know, I apologise in advance. Maxie, shall we get to Twitter then after we've just slagged off all the social media and uh, have a little look at what people have been sending us this week? Yes, we shall. Okie doke. Our non-wrestling topic this week was... I suppose preempting that Christmas is coming. Uh, literally in, in the next few days, our Christmas special will be this time next week. So hopefully, many mm-hmm. people will be joining us for that. When you're fed up of talking to the in-laws and your God knows how many, what is it, like third, fourth round of turkey sandwiches and, and other stuff, and you're just fed up and bloated and cross because all the crappy quality street is all that's left in the tin. You can join us next Monday for a Christmas special, and hopefully, we can put a little bit of a shine on the after Boxing Day festivities. I'm I'm taking that bet, by the way, Dan. Uh, offering odds of three to one for Saturn, not off mid-shore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know makes it even worse? I've not been to the shop today, so I've not got my usual kind of. Um, ginger beer monster wow so i'm gonna struggle mate i'll give it another 20 minutes or so and i'm gonna really struggle and, and but plus I i've got, got my, my match as well so that's cheap, gonna be hard hey, to keep. we'll have no barry windham slander on this show thank you very much <laughs> my goodness get me all fired up again magsy i'll have to go for a nap then 
Our non-wrestling topic this week was very much about Christmas telly, Christmas specials, Christmas uh, episodes of TV shows, the good, the bad, what worked, what was awful. Has anyone tried to sort of um, crowbar a Christmas theme into a TV show and it was crap or any movies that you try and watch every year and so on? Uh, and we had, again, quite the response, Max, didn't we? It was it was, mm-hmm. it was lovely to see some films I'm not sure of, some films I don't agree with or I've not heard of before, but still all the same. So great was, stuff coming through. Yeah, there were certainly some sparsy takes, but there was some pretty unanimous takes as well, uh, which I'm sure we'll get yeah. into. Yeah, that's it. Um, we'll start with Dan Griffin. Uh, we'll go through it in the order it arrived into us, as always, uh, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter, my co-host for the Doctor Who podcast that we mm. shall be getting going very soon. One episode recorded and we had plans to do more and then COVID reared its ugly head and I had to cancel bloody everything. And this weekend I had internet trouble as well, just when I started thinking to myself, I'm going to be getting back on, on board. So we'll have to delay that, but it will be coming very soon, as will the end of season one of The Waiting Room. Please bear with us. Which has been um, awesome. Absolutely oh, awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, mate. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing it, and it's, it's been good. And when I listen back to the shows, I think, man, it, I enjoy listening back as well, which is, which is a to me, a good sign, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Dan says, favourite Christmas movie, Muppets Christmas Carol. It's just brilliant, and it is. It's awesome. Yeah. I can remember yeah. having that on VHS. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, most hated Christmas movie. Now, this one, this one got me because pretty much everybody said the same thing um and i'm surprised that this got no love at all and that's elf it's just not funny yeah i mean it's not the best christmas film don't get me wrong but it's all right there's certainly worse films than that and yeah i was actually surprised that a lot of people just hated it with 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 passion passionately mm. hated this film um yeah my sister is like probably the biggest Alf fan going she loves it and she quotes it all the time and but i've got a theory about Alf in the same way that i suppose anchorman falls into this category as well in that it's funnier maybe the second time you watch it and it grows old quickly yeah but because of all the times that people quote it especially with anchorman i, I find watching anchorman not as funny as when people quote it in real life does that make mm-hmm. sense I find it funnier in gift form than I do yes. watching the film. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Alf kind of fits into that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see that. And I think it's, it's, it's oversaturated because mm. so many people loved it when it first came out and then it got kind of a cult following that now, yeah, you, you've seen it so many times that, yeah, it, it's, it's boring now. I, yeah. I don't agree that it's not funny. There are some funny bits in it, but yeah, it's not a, it's not the best film, but it's not the worst. What what's the guy's name? The main actor, Will Ferrell, isn't it? Will Ferrell, yeah, yeah. Is he funny, Max? As a generalization, is he funny? I find him funny. Yeah, yeah. Not laugh out loud, rip roaring belly ache funny, but is it makes me chuckle? It's very sort of. I suppose American daft humour, isn't it? I guess it's mm-hmm. very kind of, yeah, fair enough. Um, best Christmas TV, Dan continues. Morecambe and Wise, timeless classics. I 100% yep. agree on that. Morecambe yep. and Wise, fantastic. Can't fault that. Great, great pick. Worst Christmas TV. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mrs. Brown's Boys. Hello to the Mrs. Queen Brown's Boys, utter bollocks. 
and this was pretty unanimous yeah all the way up and down wrestling twitter that the uh mrs brown boys is not for that and the the bbc version i fully agree um i don't i don't find myself laughing at it at all the the original irish ones um where it's not based in a set um are a lot better he gets away with a lot more um it's less kind of watered down and homogenized but yeah the the bbc ones i would rather mm. eat my own shit than than watch them i just realized actually mentioning mrs brown's boys that my hair today looks a little bit like the granddad who sits in the chair doesn't it <laughs> you see that I'm like, oh, it, is it? Bloody hell. not quite as great gesture but heading that way <laughs> Uh, at UTT Rob, the other half of the fantastic UTT podcast. He says, Father Ted Christmas special, where a group of priests get lost in Ireland's biggest lingerie section was brilliant. And that it, that makes me laugh every time I see it. Let's get you up. Oh, it's my stupid fault for messing with the brass. Go on ahead, slowly down. Listen, we're a team. Stick it together. Come on. Oh. I'm trying to sneak out. I don't remember out of it. it. I don't remember. Oh, Maxie, it. it's so good. It is so because it's just ridiculous. But they play it deadly serious, as though they're going to get that they're caught in this scenario that's going to get them in so much trouble. You know, it's it's so good. You'll have to I'll have to find it and send you a link, or you know, mm-hmm. see if you can track it down yourself or whatever. It's it's so good. Uh, the Doctor Who Christmas specials are normally great. That I'll agree upon, because I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. No Doctor yeah. Who Christmas this year, though, mate. No Doctor Who Christmas special this year. Yeah, it's, it's the flux, isn't it, this year? The, it's finished. The storyline they're going with. The flux thing's finished now, and they got a New Year's um, a New Year's Day special, I think it is. Oh, uh, okay. Christmas yeah, Day because special. is it Jodie Whittaker's uh, moving on now? Yeah, I think she's already filmed everything. She's done her end of like the regeneration mm-hmm. scene, and so she's got three specials throughout the year, and then she's done. But she's already finished filming, I think. So. Okay, yeah, I've, I've kind of like dropped off when uh, she took over as, as Doctor, not because of her, just time-wise. More than she's incredibly sexist when it comes to time lords. Is that the situation? <laughs> I love her. I think she's one. Of, I, think, <laughs> I think she's one of the most underrated uh, actresses that, that Britons have got. It's just her being becoming uh, the doctor kind of like um it coincided with me becoming more and more busy and, and not really watching a lot of of standard tv uh so yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to go back and, and check out uh more of the stuff that she's done yeah i think she's been cursed a little bit with some bad writing potentially mm-hmm. but i've enjoyed jodie whittaker as a doctor to be fair but yeah the doctor who special christmas specials are normally quite good normally quite yeah. good you get you know uh, Rob continues. The only four, uh, sorry, only fools and horses ones felt like they were just being pumped out for the sake of it. Um, I suppose. It's still funny though. I don't like it when they that they they've made the millions, haven't they? They've got that painting that they've had all along and mm-hmm. end up super rich, and then it ends, and then you think that's it. But then they wrote another one or two after that where they've lost the money. I don't. I don't yeah. think they should have done that. I didn't particularly enjoy those ones. They should have stayed mm-hmm. rich to me. That would have been a nice yeah. way to finish the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that it, it smacks of uh, trying to beat a dead horse, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan at XFP. Oh goodness! Hang on a second, Jordan. Sorry, mate. X XFPL Maestro. Is that what that is? Is it? Yeah. But it's got an X on the end. 
Yeah, is it Soylent X? No, the XX is, and you're not meant to to mention them. They're, it's just FPL Maestro. FPL Maestro. But they're, they're there, aren't they? So it's XFPL Trox. Isn't it? XFPL Jordan. Jordan. He agrees. Doctor Who had decent Christmas specials, especially the Eccleston and Tennant eras. Uh, this is mm-hmm. something I'm really looking forward to getting into when me and Dan get over our current jinx and get into recording the Doctor Who pod. I'm a massive Eccleston and Tennant fan. Everything after that, I kind of drifted in and out of. So it's very interesting because Dan is very much of the new Who era. So that's interesting for me. He's going to pick some new Who stories for us to watch, whereas I'm picking some classic stories for Dan to watch for the first time. So it's going to be quite interesting getting into that sort of dynamic. But yeah, Eccleston and Tennant, I'm a big fan of those, mate. Yeah, I would have loved for Eccleston to do a second season. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was so good. Yeah. Um, Jordan Plastmistrox continues. Uh, Favourite Christmas movies? Home Alone 1 and 2. You can't beat them. Home Alone 1, yes. Fantastic. 2. It's a bit mm. ropey, isn't it? You get no, it's not. Home there. Alone 2 is the better of the Home Alones. Oh, my goodness. Controversial opinion time. Not really. It's the right opinion. What do you mean? Not really. It's, sure, there's nothing, nothing controversial about that opinion at all. It is the best of the Home Alones. Right, they, they leave him alone once. I get that, right? I'm not going to say that can happen because I'm a father of four kids. Trust me, that would not happen. <laughs> <laughs> right, but at the same time, a second time that he's left alone, that's just that, that's social services territory. Like, if somebody needs calling, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he isn't left alone. He's lost in New York. He's boarded the wrong plane. But again, why is how has that been allowed to happen? Why is his mum watching him? She Especially did, she, when he's the youngest. <laughs> she did watch him. She just thought that somebody else else was him when they were sat on the plane. You're not defending. She's terrible. Man. Plus, you get Pigeon Lady. Pigeon Lady is the best character in the, in the in the whole series of the films. See, if Pigeon Lady is the best character in in the series of the films, and she only appears briefly in Home Alone Two there's something seriously wrong with the parents in both films when they're not outranking someone who's just a bit crazy and hangs around with birds. The parents are awful, awful people. Don't get me wrong. But Pigeon Lady, she's not only in it a little while, she does scare him at the beginning, and then she teaches him the real meaning of Christmas. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Plus, uh, Tim Curry's in it as well. I was going to say you got the scary clown, because that was it, wasn't it? He was it, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay. I'll have to rewatch it. But <laughs> I ain't sure about two being better than one, mate. But again, I'll have to rewatch it. I'll have to rewatch well, it. Well, that's the COVID talking. Jordan Ox continues. He his most hated Christmas movie is Elf. Never been a fan of him. Fair enough. A plenty uh, of Elf hate in the in, in the comments. <laughs> there is, there is, there is. Um, best Christmas TV: the soaps when they were decent. I suppose it depends on which soap and, and if you're a soap fan, doesn't it, I guess. But EastEnders Christmas, Christmas Day EastEnders, back when I was a kid, was a big, big deal. Yeah, it it started to get boring when it was always something horrible happening at Christmas. And mm. I get that soaps kind of uh, make the money off uh, dealing with um, horrible storylines because nobody watches a soap to, to watch happy endings it's always about uh the drama but when it's happening every year you would not move to a place like walford or you would not live on coronation street 
anywhere near Christmas because something horrific always happens. There's a train crash or a plane blows up in the, in the middle of a field yeah. or you, you watch DVDs of, of uh, your wife and your uh, son getting it on. It's ridiculous. They're all related, aren't they? They're, Cause you've yeah. got, you got, you got like the butcher family, aren't you? He's been knocking around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Mitchell's been knocking around for a good old while and the filers, right? Obviously they have a family that's come and go, but they're all, they're all kind of inbred together now, aren't they? Surely by this stage, that you tiny mean, little square with like the market, the pub, and the laundrette—they're th- th- all, th- th- all of them share the same DNA by this stage. They, they all do because they're all shagging each other. When, when one cheats on one, they cheat with somebody else. That's in the same circle, and mm-hmm. everyone's just you know crossbreeding in there, aren't they? And and then two, three months later, they forgive each other, and mm. it's the same cycle, rinse and repeat. And there's always. A death. Come Christmas, there's someone always dies. It's yeah. uh, it's a worrying. If if you lived in Walford, you would have like one eye looking over your shoulder. Come early December, like, oh yeah, better better keep uh, keep my wits about me, because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to end up six foot under here. If you lived in Walford, you'd have one eye looking one way, one eye the other anyway, because you're all in bread. <laughs> oh my god, I need to stop. COVID's messed me up, mate. Um. Jordan, Jordan continues. Worst Christmas TV, Mrs. Brown's boys. I never vote for Mrs. Brown there. Isn't there a new one as well this year? I'm sure. I don't know. Is that? Yeah, I think so. I'm very looking forward to not watching that. No, no, I'll give that a miss, maybe. Uh, Gavin and Stacey. Sorry, this is from our good buddy Paul Tolly at Rain Counter on Twitter. What have we got there, Magsy? Dan um, Scottish Danny was saying, uh, trust me, he lives near where EastEnders is set. I didn't realise it was set in, in Maidstone in Kent. In Kent. Uh, but <laughs> well, apparently it's very accurate. And if there were more inbred in Walford, they would all be sandwiches. And would you like a bigger shovel, sir? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. At Rain Counter on Twitter, he says here, our good buddy, Paul Tolly, Gavin and Stacey Christmas specials are excellent. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Gavin and Stacey. It's not something I ever seek out Gavin and Stacey, but occasionally there's reruns on like UK Gold or something that the wife chucks on. And it does tend to always make me laugh, you know? The only thing about... I, I like Gavin and Stacey, but the only thing about it is... It leaves on a on a, a cliffhanger when they have no intention of revisiting the show. Um, right, yeah. So at least tie up those loose ends. Uh, but other than that, than that minor criticism, yeah, I, I think they're, they're, they're really funny shows. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Apart from James Corden, I can't stand him. I mean, Smith is good, though. James Corden, the person, might be a douchebag, but Smith is good. Yeah, fair enough. The Office Christmas special is one of the best. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I like that mm-hmm. at the end when Tim and Dawn get together. Fantastic telly, that is, mate. Absolutely yep. fantastic TV. And and David Brent finally grew some bollocks when he tells Fincher, why don't you just fuck off? Yeah, oh, that's great. And the music that's playing in the, in the disco when Dawn comes back in and gives him a kiss. I can't hear that song now without thinking of The Office. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. Just fantastic television. Yeah.
And Paul continues, finally, don't really like Christmas films. They're all a bit crap. So thanks for contributing there, mate. <laughs> Cheers for that. In, yeah. That insightful uh, comment there, Mr. Tolly. Yeah. Uh, someone agrees on Alf, though. Tolly continues. He watched it because everyone said how amazing it is. And it's the best Christmas film, etc. And actually, it was shite and not funny. I, I, again, I, don't, I, I get that it's not popular, but it, there is funny bits in it. I mean, yeah, I'm on that. I will be happy on that limb alone. Um, it's not a film I'd, I'd go out to to search for, but I would chuckle along with it if it was on. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's good. It's good in places, <laughs> as you said, mate. I'm going to try to be positive, mate. Uh, we have something here from Giovanni Van Bernhorst uh, at George B zero one zero six five two one seven on Twitter. Okay. Says here, Mrs. Brain Boys is about as funny as the swollen testicle I'm currently in hospital with. So strongly <laughs> agrees with Dan. Um, <laughs> I replied to this poor guy as well, and and for some reason his 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 tweet's not on this list, but I do remember the tweet. I replied to him. Yeah, so I, I hopefully we can. You know, it's nice that you're reaching out to the show in this this horrible time for you and your testicles, and hopefully that you know, in a way that the office makes me think of that one bit of music. Hopefully, chain wrestling doesn't make you think of swollen testicles going forward. Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, he says every year he watches the horror film The Stepfather. One scene has a Christmas tree, so I consider it a Christmas movie. <laughs> that, that tickled me. It contained a Christmas tree, so this is a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember watching the film. I don't know what it's like, so um, I'll have to... I mean, Dan is no reason to, to send us astray, uh, so I've it must be a, a good film. Yeah, I can't say I've seen it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I might go and try and check it out this Christmas. Yeah, and because obviously it seems very Christmassy, as Dan says. So yeah, so I, fa- I found uh, and uh, props to Dan in the chat for saying it was a re- in a reply to his tweet. Uh, Giovanni Van Bernhorst's uh, um, tweet. He put Mrs. Brown Boys is funny as a swollen testicle. He's in hospital with. So um, I replied to him. Um, Damn, I hope you recover as soon as possible, and that this year's Mrs. Brown Boys special doesn't cause a relapse. And he said, "Don't make me laugh because it hurts." Poor chap. <laughs> I mean, he's no problem. No, he's no worries of being made to laugh whilst watching Mrs. Brown Boys. Though, yeah, I was so. going to say, be alright watching that one. Perhaps that can be your only <laughs> Christmas viewing, mate. You know, that's, that's <laughs> what you can settle down with your ice pack on your nut sack and uh, crack on with that. Eh? Mm-hmm. Ah, Danny does continue. Mrs. Brown's Boys is truly, madly, deeply hideous comedy. Just the worst. There's so much hate I- for this. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't not agree with him though because, like I said, the the BBC one is it's woefully unfunny. It really, really is. You should try and, and source out the Irish ones though. Okay, they are a lot better. They, they, I think they they kind of more instead of being like a, a weekly show, they they kind of like made for TV movies, but they're not on a set. They're on, actually out like in the films on proper locations. So, uh, and he he, okay. he has a lot more leeway uh, with with his comedy and his jokes. So yeah, the, I I find them much better. But yeah, the 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 British one, there, yeah. mm. horrific. No, I've not. I don't think I've seen those Irish ones. You know, I have to try and find some of that because it must have been good at some stage because it's got such a following. 
Yeah, in, in Ireland, it, it was massive. Before it came to the UK, he, he, um, it went on tours of Ireland like every single year, and he he did he made a lot of money from it, and that that's what eventually led to him being picked up on uh, on British TV. But yeah, it's uh, definitely try and check it out if you can get all of them. Yeah, okay, I'll have a look, mate. I'll have a look. Ah, our good buddy Connor, good friend of the show. Connor knows stuff on Twitter at Connor knows stuff. Scythe Park Christmas specials have a special place in my heart. They were just so fun to watch. And Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh, that is, isn't it? <laughs> Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. I like me. You like you. <laughs> oh. We've all heard of Rudolph and his shiny nose. And we all know Frosty, who's made out of snow. But all of those stories seem kind of gay. Cause we all know who brightens up our holiday. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. Small and brown, he comes from you. Sit on the toilet, here he comes. Squeezing tween your festive buns. A present from down below. Spreading joy with a howdy ho. He's seen the love inside of you. Cause he's a piece of poo. Sometimes he's nutty, sometimes he's corny He can be brown or greenish brown But if you eat fiber on Christmas Eve He might come to your town Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo He loves me, I love you Therefore vicariously he loves you I can make him Mr. Hanky too Cause he's just clinging to your sphincter And he won't drop off And so you shake your ass around Try to get it to drop in the toilet And finally it does <coughs> Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo And Christmas leaves, he must leave too Flush him down, but he's never gone His smell and his spirit Fucking, uh, and and you, you watch these back now because it was in bad taste at the time, but it, you know, but you watch them back now. And I sit there and I think to myself, Oh, yeah, you know, my for example, Livy, my middle daughter, she's 14. I'd be thinking, Our oh, lips will enjoy this, this would be funny. And she'll walk through, so I'll put it on for her, or I'm walking to the shop and I go, Watch this, I'll put it on my phone. And you forget about Mr. Hanky when he's jumping around, leaving splodges a turd on everybody. <laughs> and I'm watching it and I'm like, This is so much worse than I remember. And when he goes in people's mouths when they're asleep and all sorts, yeah, yeah, not a good look. Funny though, funny though. Connor's and when right. he and when he dries up and nearly dies, because well, <laughs> people yeah. don't believe in Christmas. <laughs> Comment by Sharon there in the chat. Look at that, spot on. <laughs> We're gonna blatantly be playing a bit of Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pill on the audio version. Just. <laughs> at good bad wrestle good cop bad cop wrestling podcast good friends of the show and i'm 100 behind this i will take no other questions or answers about this my wife is going to jump on this in the chat and be a pain in my arse but i don't care i'm going to ignore it clearly the best christmas film is die hard yes it 
back in is uh, the worst is the two new Mrs. Brain specials he heard that we are being subjected to. Not even oh, been on yet. No, there's not even two. I mean, he's from across the across the pond. How has he heard of a second Christmas special? So he's wept. It's not even been on yet, and he's putting it forward as some of the worst. <laughs> but <laughs> but good bad wrestle on Twitter. Yes, die hard. One of my favorite films. I love it. Oh, look at that. The little lighter things moving on the gif mags. Yeah, because it's a gif. I just see it's just a picture on mine. But then I have screenshot it, so it wouldn't move on a screenshot, would it? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you are you're so special. You absolutely are so special. That's really cool though. Look at that. His little zippo things going. Look at that. I'm not no, don't read it, eh? Don't bring it up on the screen. Put it away. Sharon, no, I'm not having it. Uh, I may leave that up for the rest of the recording. For goodness sake. I, I won't. <laughs> Sharon's saying Die Hard is not a Christmas movie in the chat. Not having it. Not having it at all. It, it is a it, Christmas movie. It, it is a Christmas movie. Not every Christmas movie has to be sunshine and rainbows and, and glittering lights. It's a it's a movie at Christmas time. Ergo. At a Christmas party, Max. It's, at, yeah. it's, it's set at a Christmas party. It, it's a Christmas movie. You don't get, you know, you don't you can't have Christmas parties any other time of the year than Christmas. Otherwise, they're not Christmas parties, are they? You know? Exactly. It's not set at a birthday party. It's not nope. set at a bar mitzvah. It's not even set at a wake. It's set at a Christmas party. Christmas there we go. Uh, at Total Steve-O on Twitter, good friend of the show, Steve-O. He says here, so the office Christmas specials were sublime, ending the whole show perfectly. Any spot on. That's how you, you end a TV show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, everything's all tied up nicely. There's no cliffhangers. Everything's, it's just, brilliant television absolutely fun. Yeah. i know a lot of people prefer the u.s version no see i i really like the u.s version really really I, like the u.s version. i've tried i've really really i've tried to to get into it and i just can't you need to watch past season one though because when it gets good okay i'm um, not going i'm not going to do that brilliant all right we'll just stop talking about that <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're going to be. <laughs> but the British, the, the English version is, is good. I mean, I know a lot of people can't stand the guy. Ricky Gervais is just fantastic for me. I think he's so yeah, good. Yeah, I think he's. Um, and I, I love his kind of mentality of only doing two to three seasons of a show before moving on. Doesn't get himself mm. typecast. Does, uh, a show doesn't outstay its welcome. Leaves the audience wanting more, which is which is what a, a, a show like that should do. Uh, and all his, his work is so diverse as well. And it shows he's got, he's very underrated uh, in terms of, of, of acting chops. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mate. I agree. Uh, the Simpsons Christmas specials, Steve continues. He found too serious and dark tackling family issues in a non-humored way. I can't think offhand any examples, but do know they did nothing for me. Okay, that's quite interesting because obviously the Simpsons. I mean, Steve was a massive Simpsons fan, mm-hmm. you know, as in like fanatical Simpsons fan. The same as same as he is with the Bill and so on. So it, there's obvious reasons for him to be saying that. I can't think of any Christmas specials off the top of my head myself for the Simpsons, though. No, I, I, I've always known them to be more Halloween specials when they yeah. the new special episodes. But um, if if Steve is not not happy with the Simpsons Christmas specials, then they they must be wank. Yeah, I'll take Steve O's opinion above my own memories every time, mate. Mm-hmm. To be fair, uh, that, that's a mantra to live by. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Steve O continues. Jingle all the way is a brilliant movie, and of course, it features the Big Show. I've never seen that. 
So Jingle All The Way, that's the one with Turbo Man, I think, in it, with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's trying to get the the, the Turbo Man Christmas toy and he ends up being Turbo Man. Uh, okay. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell. Mm-hmm. It, it's all right. It's not brilliant. So okay. now, And now I'm going back on what I said. Don't believe what Steve-O says. It's not a brilliant <laughs> movie at all. Uh, Steve-O does continue, though. Home Alone is a fantastic set of films, but anyone who thinks Home Alone 2 is well, the best is a moron. Uh, no, I mean, fantastic no, Steve-O, set. That, that last bit he didn't put, I, I added that in just myself. The fantastic <laughs> set, set of films, or two of the films are good. Three onwards, I wouldn't wish them on my worst enemy. How many, how, how many did they make? I think there's five altogether. Is there really that many? Yeah, only two of them have uh, Macaulay in them. The I was going to say, because surely how long it takes to turn around a film, a good couple of years, promote it and so on, and then start filming. He's 30. Yeah, Jesus he's Christ, <laughs> Will you please <laughs> leave me alone at home this year? He's, he's in his 20s in his flat, and his <laughs> mum just turns up at Christmas Day lunchtime like, I've left you alone again. It's like, yeah, I haven't seen you for three weeks, you bitch. Why is it any different? You know, it's... <laughs> Eat your sprouts. Fuck off, man. You know, so. uh, Die Hard, Steve continues. Not a family fun affair. I beg to differ. But not <laughs> Die Hard, not a family fun affair. But it, as it's set around Christmas, it's one of my favourite Christmas films. Oh, yes, Steve 100%. Totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Steve continues again. Of course, the Bill did a few Xmas episodes. They were always fun. The actors let loose and the storylines were silly but amusing and had heart to them, which is nice. Okay. I mean, again, I've not, Steve would put forward the, um, I suppose in a similar way to like my quantum leap fandom, I guess Steve has the bill, which is a show he's very fanatical about. Uh, and, and Steve makes me want to check out some of these storylines he discusses and so on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, again, I put forward Steve opinion of the bill above anything else to do with that show off the top of my head to be fair. So yeah, on, on the bill and the Simpsons, I will revert to Steve on jingle all the way. Not so much. Fair enough. Uh, on Die Hard, I agree with Steve. And yeah. other than that, Steve says, I don't go out of my way to watch Christmas specific films. It's predominantly been if it's been featured in a TV show I watch. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Ironically, he mentioned more Christmas programming than anyone else who replied, but he doesn't go out of his way to watch that Christmas programming. No. Brilliant. No, that's it. So it just pops up that randomly all the time yeah yeah uh, that's it from twitter mate this week that's all we got so unless there's any that i've missed but i don't think so no i think you've, you've nailed them all uh yeah and some some great answers there from uh the cwf uh getting some more in, in the comments uh dan griffin saying um american dad christmas specials are always fun another show that i've never really got into that's the one with the, the uh, alien that lives yeah. with the president in it i do like american dad it does make me laugh and Scottish Day said, can't believe I forgot to mention Bottom's Christmas special. Your bottom yeah. was hilarious. So hilarious. good. When he, makes, when he makes Christmas dinner and he's got uh, the fella from the young ones and the big guy come round. Mm-hmm. So it's Dave Hedgehog and I can't remember the other guy. I can't remember his name, but it's Dave Hedgehog and, and yeah, the other guy. I can't remember his name, but I know what you mean. Yep. And he dishes up the food and breaks the plates for it so Oh, so good. Written mail, man. Absolutely. Just just gold. Just absolute gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan Griffin in the chat saying, uh, was a diehard set at a Christmas party or was it a work meeting with wine and cheese that went on till 2 a.m. at Downing Street? Oh. Um, Politics. 
Uh, see if it was set at Dining Street and so on. Spud Gun. Um, Spud Gun, that's the guy. Dave Hedgehog and Spud. Yeah, well done, Danny. Um, if it was set at Dining Street, I imagine it'd be a lot more difficult for uh, John McClane to solve that problem because the people being held hostage and the, the other people in the room are all going to be effectively terrorists, aren't they? Because they're all yeah. from the Conservative Party. Correct. I am. Um, I can't. Ooh, wait. Controversial satire. <laughs> I, I can't wait for Brexit the movie. I think that's going to be an outstanding movie. Wow, well, Bruce Willis in a dragon. Who would Bruce Willis play? He would be Dominic Cummins. Yeah. Driving oh. to Barnard Castle to test his ass out. <laughs> yeah. And you could have that guy off Mop the Week with the crazy hair. He could play Boris, couldn't he? Just dye his hair blonde. Was it Milton Jones? Milton he, Jones. Yeah, he could it, be Boris, couldn't he? I mean, Boris would have to be less, would have to be less funny, I suppose. Mm. But that's what's called acting, Max. Look. <laughs> because you pretend, you see. <laughs> uh, Maxi, what about you, mate? Any any Christmas TV shows or specials or anything like that? Yeah, a, a lot of my uh, favourites have been mentioned. Gavin and Stacey, I think, is is uh, uh, really really funny. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't get a lot any love for Bad Santa. I think that's a, a brilliant Christmas film. I'm not seeing that. Oh, it's about, um, I think he's called Billy Bob Thornton, uh, the actor. Uh, used to be married He's the to, weirdo uh, who had that bit of, is he the one who used to carry around the blood in his necklace? Yeah, with Angelina Jolly. Uh, well, yeah, he he is he's um, kind of a safe cracker slash bank robber, uh, and he's got uh, a, uh, a little person friend who plays the elf, and every Christmas they go to different shopping malls uh, and essentially rob the, the safes, all under the pretense of being a, a Santa and an elf. Brilliant. Uh, but they go to this one town um, where they end up they end up hijacking a house of of, of somebody to stay in, uh, and that that person's uh, the kids uh, lives with his grandma, but she's crazy, and his uh, his mum and dad uh, have left, and he's called Sherman Merman. Um, oh no, Thurman Merman. Uh, it's just honestly, it's hilarious. Sparky uh, plug. <laughs> yeah, and he is just he's just the the epitome of a of a bad Santa. He pisses himself. He gets drunk. He causes farts. He uh he catches STDs from someone who is not Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> he steals the kids' advent calendars and replaces the sweets with candy cane, candy corn. Yeah, it's um. It's brilliant. brilliant. I'm going to have to watch it, mate. I'm going to have to watch it. That's, that does sound good. That bloke's a bit weird, though, isn't he, with all the blood thing and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, he's a good actor, though. Mm, what else was he in that I'd seen here? He was uh, in a film with Halle Berry, wasn't he? What was that, Monsters Ball? Yeah. 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 I think it was either that when he was the rapist. Is it that one? I don't know, actually. you think I'd remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that, on that sour <laughs> note, uh, in terms of in terms of TV programs, I'm surprised this one didn't get a mention. Um, knowing how British centric our our CWF are, the Royal Family. Now oh, that yeah. that to me is a show that has never ever done a bad Christmas special. I I love every single episode of those those uh, those specials. Yeah, the Royal Family is just class, absolute mm. class. Yeah, no, that is brilliant. Really, really. again, I, I suppose it's a British thing, isn't it? You don't make too many episodes, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's I suppose, Bottom, uh, the Royal Family, and we said about the original office. Um, 
was it six to eight episodes a season and a couple of seasons and they're done sort of thing. Yeah, it kind I of, think it's six, yeah. Six episodes. Yeah, it kind of leaves you wanting more all the time, doesn't it? Whereas these a lot of these American programmes, they do like 25 episodes, don't they? And then run for years and years and years. Well, I was having a, a pretty similar conversation um, yesterday with Mrs. Mags. Uh, so we, uh, we binged The Witcher season two this week. Um, okay. You, it's a it's a Netflix show. You probably, if you haven't heard of it, you need to watch it. It's absolutely. I've seen brilliant. it. I've not seen the program, but I've seen The Witcher on my, when I open Netflix. It says The Witcher, and then like a preview starts playing, and that gets that gets on my nerves. Why have they got to do that? Why can't they just okay? There's The Witcher signed, and let me find the program I want, right? Rather than all of a sudden the program I don't know starts shouting at me through the speakers on my laptop, especially when I'm poorly. That made me jump. Oh, wow, you absolute cranky, cranky <laughs> arsehole. What yeah, is poorly, uh, Mags? So, yeah, we, we watched The Witcher this week, and um, it, it feels good that you have all the access to all the season, but then you watch the last one, and you get that kind of buyer's remorse almost, where oh, yeah. you, you know you're going to have to wait two years or however long it takes to make the next season, and you think, fuck. If I, if this could have just spread out, mm. maybe over that, or maybe weekly, it could have got got to the point where they may already been making the next one by the time I've watched this. But no, greedy guts has to watch them all in one sitting and ruin it for myself. And it's I blame Netflix. It's Netflix's fault. See, there's something really. There's a, it's a real special feeling, isn't it, when you find a new season to watch, a, a new program to watch, and you click on it and you think, well, that was actually really good. And then you look it up and you find there's already been like seven seasons made mm-hmm. of it with like 25 episodes and it didn't end on a cliffhanger or, or it's not been cancelled at the wrong time. That's a special moment, that is. I mean, but on the other side of the coin, when you fan said series and you really get into it and you finish the first series and then you go, when's the next one out? And you find out it's been cancelled. Yeah, it's cancelled like two years ago. <laughs> and you're not getting the next yeah. one. And you think, well, that was a waste of 20 hours of my life. Yeah. yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Very. It's it's changed the way we watch television altogether, hasn't it? Streaming, so, mm-hmm. some of that. Uh, the only thing Christmas-wise that didn't get mentioned that really sort of stands out to me now is the Bill Murray film Scrooged. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Oh, that is a brilliant show. That's a great film. Yeah. Bill Murray's fantastic anyway. I I love Bill Murray, but that that, that program, so that film is so good. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Good job. If anyone's not seen that, they should go check it out. 100%. Okay, Maxi. Before we get on to our non oh, sorry, our wrestling topic today, should I have a quick check to see if anything interesting is going on in the chat? And then we'll talk a bit of graps, mate. Yes, let's do. So, uh, Dan, <laughs> when you uh, said Milton Jones for, for uh, playing Boris, he says, just shove a mark. I can't even read this without laughing. <laughs> shove a <laughs> Shove a mop through a ham for Boris. <laughs> Dan, you have broke me. Dan has broke me. Looks at looks right and about as much use. Jesus Christ. Amazing. Brilliant. Um Scottish Daddy, when he was the rapist in quotation marks. That's the title of the next episode. Um Dan Griffin. I don't think, I, it, I don't think it should be. <laughs> we've had an episode called "You Can't Arrest Somebody for for Naming Strangers' Cocks." Mm-hmm. So, yep, very true. Um, 
Oh, I am ashamed because Royal Family Christmas episodes are so good. Uh, and when Denise tries to cook the Christmas dinner, that was one I actually watched uh, pretty recently where they all got essentially carrots, crushed carrots, and the, the <laughs> most watery gravy known to man uh, as, as food. It's horrific. The turkey is absolutely still frozen raw. It's brilliant. Um, Dan Griffith said we had a real-life version uh, of when the the neighbour brought the urn to the Christmas dinner in my family. Jesus Christ, that sounds h- horrific. Uh, Sharon says she wants to watch The Witcher uh, because Henry Cavill looks amazing. I don't think there has been a person who is perfectly fitted for a role as Henry Cavill. He's so good as Geralt of Rivia. Great, great, great casting. Everything you just said then sounded, sounded as bad as Jordan's Twitter handle. It made no sense to me. Henry Cavill. The guy who played Superman. I thought the guy who played Super Keanu Reeves. Not Keanu Reeves. It was the guy Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Christopher Keanu. Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is Superman. Jesus Christ! But Keanu Reeves could do Superman, couldn't he? Oh, and that's another thing. The the Matrix falls out soon, and that looks absolutely amazing. Mm. And that's coming I like out on, I've seen coming out on Boxing Day. Brilliant. Um, Dan Griffin, <laughs> please tell me his first name was Paul. Yeah. Paul Bearer. Oh yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Griffin, even I fancy Henry Cavill, the big sexy nerd. And he's such a nerd as well. He he um the the witch obviously is based off some books, but it's also based off, off video games as well. Uh, and he knows everything there is to know about the Witcher series. So he actually I think he petitioned for the part because he was such a massive fan. Of, of the Witcher series of books um, and obviously got the got the part and yeah, he, he, he's perfectly picked. Um, okay. Sharon is saying this is why you and uh, her don't watch the latest series because you hate waiting. Yeah, yeah it's, waiting sucks, mate. It, it does. It absolutely does. Scottish Danny saying, uh, no, it was his uncle's father-in-law. Oh, no, Dan Griffith saying, no, it was his uncle's father-in-law, Bob, that brought his wife's ashes. That can't be real. He has wife's ashes to Christmas dinner. That's that's I wouldn't invite Bob again. No, I'd be like, yeah. sorry, Bob, there's not enough, there's not enough seats. <laughs> yeah, I've only got one spare seat available, so you and your wife obviously can't come. <laughs> and he, yeah. he fits it. The best part of the end story was uh, his uncle and uh, cousin's husband arguing in the pub on Christmas Day because they didn't want to sit next to the urn. <laughs> now, but after about four or five pints, you would want to sit next to the urn to, to kind of start uh, pranking, I suppose. It'd be all right if you still smoked, wouldn't it? You'd use an asterisk, just, you? just peel the lid off like that and then flick, yeah. flick. We have a cigar at Christmas. Like, you know, when I used to still smoke cigarettes, you could use that. You know, maybe a Christmas cigar. You could, you know, say it's on a guy at the back, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, Dan Griffith saying, yes, he brought me. You absolutely did. You you evil, evil, evil human being. Uh, <laughs> Sharon says uh, you watched uh, oh, that Henry Cavill fella. Yeah, on, on Graham Norton the other week. Yeah, she's right. I remember, eh? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he was talking about painting the little World of Warcraft figures. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a proper full-on nerd. He's, I know. He's, he's the king of us nerds. I know who he is now. Matt Willis joining late, as per usual. Shocked. Matt, how you doing, mate? Yeah, and um, Dan, it was after four or five parts that they started arguing, and we'll leave it on this one. This is a wrestling podcast. So says Sharon Powell. 
She is right. It is a wrestling podcast. Magsy, shall we get to talking a little bit of wrestling? Yes, we shall. Let me find the the, the button for the audio. Um, there we go. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Ah, so then, what won our poll many, many, many weeks ago, Magsy? <laughs> Months well, ago, it seems before, before COVID destroyed me. Um, we had a poll. Well, that's was about a big, quick bit of context because I actually changed my selection, didn't I, on the poll? Uh, okay. And the reason for that was, again, I suppose it comes back to people on Twitter and, and, and the the internet wrestling community being full of assholes. Um, the selection I put forward was Jeff Hardy winning his first world championship at mm-hmm. Armageddon. Is it 08, Mags, or 09? It was around that sort of time, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we put that forward. And then between the live show and the podcast version coming out and the poll being posted, the news of Jeff Hardy walking out of a match and then being offered help, uh, rehab, which he then turned down and being released and so on broke pretty much the same day that the poll would normally come out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got a little bit concerned at having seen a few other people tweet about Jeff Hardy and other people comment on that, basically saying you're using Jeff Hardy's name to get views or you're using Jeff Hardy's name to get retweets or numbers and so on. And I just kind of thought, I've not got the energy to fight with these idiots. Mm-hmm. This week we'll just change the one selection. It's easily done. The poll hasn't gone up just yet, and we will, you know, put forward that match and revisit it again sometime yeah. in the future. It was just unfortunate timing, wasn't it? Yeah, but but it's bad that you have to have that mindset that you you need to uh, kind of cover all bases when it comes to the the wrestling social media because, like you said, you ha- you had to preempt the fact that they they would jump on you for for mm. for, for claiming to be. Uh, jumping on the, the the Hardy bandwagon, which absolutely wasn't the case at all. Um, and I hope that that match does uh, get on a poll again. I hope that match does get uh, get um, watched on, on the show because I think it's a great match. It's just a, a bad timing with the news dropping, I suppose, of, of Jeff yeah. Hardy and his, and his release. And it was literally that day it all sort of coincided together. I was also very poorly. So I don't know whether that took an effect on me as well. I kind of thought I can't be bored fighting with these idiots. Even if it happened, it may not, it may not happen. Nothing could have come of it. I don't know. But that's just kind of why I sort of put to Mags, like, let's change this up a little bit. And so we went from there. So I, I sort of used Mags' own link and then stuck an extra bit on the end to select uh, War Games 92. But it was beaten out. And I'm kind of glad, because my option wasn't an original one, that it was beaten out by Mags' option of War Games 91, Magsy. Mm-hmm. What a match that we've actually covered before um, in in uh, in an episode of S, um, the SJP Wrestling Podcast episode did, uh, one, mm-hmm, where episode we covered one, where we covered plenty of war games. We uh, did. So it, it was good to 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 kind of revisit this because I remember saying uh, at the time that um, I hadn't watched a lot of these these old war games, so these were these were relatively new to me. Obviously, you uh, this was your bread and butter. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was uh, cool to to revisit a match that that you essentially introduced me to. Yeah, and it's 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 got so many things that I love. So many 
just the way that the place is set out. You've got Jim Ross on commentary, which is always brilliant. Uh, Tony Schiavone doing ring announcing duties, bit of a miss for me. I'm not and, and, and the audio was very early AEW levels. Yeah, um, it's, it's a bit wobbly, isn't it? <laughs> but you've got Surface Sting, you've got Larry Zabisco, uh, you've got Sid, you've got Flair, you've got the wrestling god, Barry Windham. You've got so much that you've got the Steiners pre-Big Popper Pump and, and all that sort of stuff. It just just brilliant, brilliant. And War Games done properly. It's 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 shoddy, it's dirty, it's rough around the edges. Oh, it's, it's definitely, definitely shoddy. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not get that... Um, get that mixed up but we we will get into that well yeah let's, i mean let's begin the first thing that you notice when you put the match on in true wcw style it's coming down the music's playing the suspense is being built they've got a camera from further back fireworks go off from the cage which always looks dramatic and what happens max it gets trapped on the on the pork <laughs> and falls in half almost it's brilliant oh. so um mrs magsda watched the the beginning of it with me and she's she was there watching, and she's like, "Oh, is there two rings? That's a huge cage. This looks interesting." And then the 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 cage gets caught on the pot. She's like, "That's falling to bits. <laughs> that is going to collapse." <laughs> like, no, it is fine. They're going to they're going to essentially tie it up. But yeah, it does look like it's it's it yeah. falling to bits. It's brilliant, and and, but, and it's awesome as well because if that was. If that was WWE, even in 91, but especially now, even in 91, if that happens, they cut away. They go mm-hmm. to the crowd. They go back to Jim Ross. And come, in WCW, nah, fuck that. That's Cameron's <laughs> showing how much we're screwing up. Let, let's you... put some flashing lights on and draw attention to this huge mistake we're currently making. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's so tacky but it's brilliant yeah. uh but i actually would um like i said this was only the second time i've watched this i i've never watched the, the full pay-per-view so i wanted to get a little bit of context uh so i i, I rewound the, the the network a little bit and i got the to the point where uh jim ross is doing the interview just before this match uh and i think it's uh after the 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 tag title match uh, i think it's uh doom versus the Freebirds. Yeah, um, and Jim oh, Ross is a in, good time in it. Doom the yeah. three, oh, so good. So, so you have Jim Ross, and then you've got Dusty Rhodes, and you've got this little fan, uh, and um, Jim's talking to this fan, and he, he says, "Who's your favorite tag team?" And and the kid just goes, "Doom," even though they just <laughs> lost. Yeah, uh, and I think they actually split up after this yeah. match as well. So his favorite tag team is just kicked the bucket, and he's like my favourite tag team doing is that quickly should have win and Dusty Rhodes is like for fuck's sake (laughs) but we do get a little bit of kind of like context to the match uh, because it's if you don't know the backstory, which I didn't you you kind of don't understand why Larry Zabisco is with the the horseman uh, when he's been uh, on and off one of the the, the rivals of him Uh, so you do get a little bit of uh, uh, context of why he's in the match uh, and and they really kind of build up uh, Brian Pillman as 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 the the David and Goliath in this fight, the the plucky young upstart. He'd been beat up uh, by the Horseman uh, in a in in a in the pre-match. Obviously, he has all the shoulder um, uh, taped up. So yeah, you, you do get a, like a little bit of context there, uh, and then you get a cage that looks like it's made out of tin foil. 
Yeah, it's not a good look, is it? It's not. It's not. It, and it's so dingy as well. So, so dingy. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I don't mind how dingy it is, because like, that's kind of what I, I kind of look at with... I mean, this is 1991, so it's not the old, old days of the NWA by any stretch of the imagination or the territories or anything like that. They're, they're, they're a bloody big company at this point. Mm-hmm. But when you look across on the other channel, everything is bright and colourful and cartoony and the WWF is all or singing or dancing. That's why I kind of like the WCW side mm-hmm. with it being a bit dingy and a bit rough around the edges. Cause to me, it's got, it feels more, especially as a kid, it felt more, more real. Does yeah. That make sense. And, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And um, before we got to get into the match, um, uh, I read a little bit of what Dave Meltzer said in in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and he he thinks that this match was one of the best matches he's ever seen live. Mm, yeah, um, and he also uh, in in the same um, ep- uh, same issue of the the, the newsletter uh, that that uh, show got, I think it was nearly unanimous thumbs up uh, to the point where uh, Dave said it was actually the third highest rated uh, event in the history of the magazine. Uh, I think it was only 1989's Wrestle War and then 1989's Class of the Champions that had beat it up to that point. Uh, so, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of love for for not only this match, but for this uh, show in general. Mm. Yeah, and as far as War Games, I mean, as we covered on that episode of SJP, Max, around this time, you see War Games, to me, it does really affect the undercard of the shows, but in a negative fashion. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the following year, to me, that is the best War Games match of all time. War, War Games 92, you've got Sting Squadron versus Dangerous Alliance. And that's five on five. And pretty much every major feud on television goes into the War Games match. Mm-hmm. So Steamboat is in a feud with... Uh, 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 it's it's going to escape my mind now, but um, Arn Anderson uh, and Eaton uh, and Zabisco are involved with um, some of the guys from Sting Squadron. Uh, Rick Rude is involved with Dustin Rhodes and Steamboat. Sting is involved with... and so on. So the two groups are very much a gang of feuding feuding teams. They're two different mm-hmm. feuding teams, which is brilliant for that match, but it really affects the undercard. It really takes away... Because know, they, from they, the matches underneath, yeah, there's there's no, they they're almost thrown together matches because yeah. there's, there's yeah. no build up to those matches because everything's been focused on what's going into this war games match. Yeah, a hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. Um, we start with the wrestling god Barry Windham, uh, and the young upstart as you described him, Magsy, the plucky underdog. Brian Pillman, but he jumps in the ring early on, doesn't he? Against the protest of his team captain, uh, the mm-hmm. color, the, the gloriously colorful surface the, um, sting, the American surface sting, yeah, because mm-hmm. of course he's fighting against an anti American team full of Americans. I'm assuming, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I, because WCW, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Pillman runs in, injury and all, and starts scrapping away with Barry Windham. And Wyndham starts bleeding very early, and it looks nasty, doesn't it? It's not a, it's not a sort of blade job from the front of the head that you kind of get as normal. It's to the side. Mm-hmm. Wyndham's wailing away and screaming and so on. And it's it, it, to me, Pilburn is fantastic. We know how much of a Wyndham fan I am. This opening couple of minutes, it, it's brilliant. Uh, it, it is, apart from one minor issue that I, that I got with it, and it happened pretty much straight away. 
it's uh there was a little bit of miscommunication maybe uh but uh there's a point where Wyndham throws um Pillman into the ropes and then he drops down and then Pillman does a a, a kind of flying body press even though yes. uh, Wind- Wyndham is already down on the floor that yeah. that kind of um it starts it off on a on a on a bad moment but it it quickly um quickly makes up for it. Like I said, the the uh going straight away for the blood makes uh makes the match seem like a a, a proper fart. Uh, yeah. you see uh you see uh Pillman rat, almost cheese grating um Wyndham's head on the on the on the fencing and it looks really really brutal like and and with uh with with the blood I think flare bleeds later on in, in the show. Yeah it 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 really looks looks hideous. Yeah, yeah, totally. And to me, that's how war games should look. It should look dark, mm-hmm. dingy, hideous, covered in blood, dangerous, and so on. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ric Flair's in next. Um, and obviously, the heels have won the coin toss to get the numerical advantage. Which you know? makes sense. It should happen every single tap. It should. I mean, I don't understand, you know, I, what is it, a good five, six years? the horseman didn't lose a coin toss for. I mean, you want them picking your lottery numbers, <laughs> wouldn't you? They won every coin toss. JJ Dillon's the luckiest man. He's not around in this war games, granted, but every single war games match they had, the horseman won the coin toss. Fair play. Yeah. You know, in, in this one, we've got Arn Anderson who, who can't be in the match due to, I'm assuming injury. But yes. He looks exactly like the Arn Anderson of now. Yeah. If he had a, if he instead of having a WCW crew T-shirt on, if he had a Nightmare Family logo of that, you couldn't tell him different to to the one that comes out with Cody every week. Is no. the guy's never aged. He's looked about forty five for forty five years. Yeah, exactly. You look at footage of when he was just <laughs> Marty Lundy, um, or, or you know, in the days before going across to Georgia, um, and he was wrestling under his under what's closer to his real name, and before he even became an Anderson. He looks the same as he does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's just like a balding, bearded yeah. barrel. Exactly. I mean, you got to think some of these some of these famous clips of him cutting these promos with Teddy Blanchard uh, and the Horseman and JJ Dillon on Mid Atlantic Television or, or World Championship Wrestling, the the Jim Crockett Promotions TV in like 85, 86 and so on. He's in his twenties, mm-hmm. but he looks forty five. <laughs> mental, mental. It's funny, man. It's so funny. Um, and something else that surprises me here as well. Obviously, we've got Pillman and Wyndham starting the match. Then Flair comes in, and Flair's obviously Rick Flair's a big. It's a big deal. Flair's in the match this early. Sting's next in. Yep. So straight away, you've got effectively the two captains in already. I mean, it 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 kind of uh, circumvents the 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 predictability, I suppose, of 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 uh, a war games because we 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 would normally see the big stars be the last people in, mm. uh, but but this kind of shows you that that anything goes in these kind of matches, um, and it was almost like chess moves. Flair was was going into to really kind of put a beating on uh, on um, Brian Pillman, so that's when. Uh, Sting used his his uh, his move to for him to get in, into into uh, the ring rather than one of the the standards because he was in in the feud with Flair. It it, it makes sense when you think about it, but it's uh, it's that kind of chess move mentality that uh, the both teams have. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's at this point 
when Sting enters that I finally do decide Tony Schiavone is annoying me here. <laughs> He's counting it's, down. Each. Oh, that is a, something as well that I, I mentioned to Mrs. Max. He's his counting is not consistent. Like with one uh, entrant, he'll say one minute to go, and yeah. then thirty seconds to go, and then fifteen seconds to go, and then he'll just leave it. Yeah, and just, then just, the next one will go. Yeah. Oh, oh! By the way, this one will be in, in ten seconds, and yeah. you're like, "Come on, Tony, and give us a little kind of, bit of consistency." Oh. And it's so annoying, mm-hmm. so irritating by this stage. And also, I I understand why they do it. It's the same as the when Harrod Finkel used to do it for the Royal Rumble as well, when they run through the rules of the match before the match starts. So convoluted. Oh my God! Why do they need just just two? Two whole screens of rules for a match. Yeah. Two whole screens. And they go through the same uh, scenario multiple times. There'll be a two-minute period when the, the this team will win a coin toss and they'll be able to send their, their um, member in. And mm-hmm. then they'll keep going until until eight are in. But no, they go. Then once that person's in, there'll be another two-minute period yeah. and the and other team one, can send then, one yeah. in. Meaning it's a two-on-two. Two. And then once that two-minute period's finished, they can then send another person in, meaning it's now three-on-two. No, oh, you didn't and they need run all that every extra. single one, don't they? Mm-hmm. It, that God is annoying. Like I said, time. two pages of screens to to um, to give the rules. We we, we didn't, didn't need that. No, we did not at all. We did not at all. <laughs> Come well away from the match, though. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sting effectively cleans house here, doesn't he? He goes in as, as you'd want him to. He goes in, does the whole beating of his chest. You see a stinger splash. He's knocking people over all over the place with clothes oh, on. And that stinger splash, obviously, with the the cage is really kind of tight against the ring. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no kind of like uh, nowadays in WWE, the 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 hell in the cell is usually set back, so there's like a, a an area you can walk around the ring. This is that's because the, they the, don't do it properly. Well. That's by the back, but Stinger <laughs> does the Stinger does the splash, and he very nearly headbutts both the post and the cage. <laughs> yeah, very very close. He has to he has to almost has to arch his neck so he doesn't kill impale himself. himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just calm down, Sting. Just just you know, just ease off a little bit, mate. You're gonna you know do yourself a mischief, ain't you? <laughs> Larry Zabisco comes in, and then Rick Steiner is next in as well. Um, by this stage, as you said, Mags, there's there's blood everywhere flares naturally bleeding because he's you know coughed which was obviously split his forehead open or something i don't know um and it's a messy brawl at this stage but there's always something going on it's not like uh it's not like these multi-man matches you see more so nowadays where people kind of take it in turns and people sit on the outside or they, they go over to the corners or the ropes and have a bit of a breather or somebody gets their spots in this feels like a real fight as opposed mm-hmm. to a spot fest because everyone's everyone's scrapping um and eventually we get Barry Windham going for a pinfall cover on Brian Pillman. And I just <laughs> Even though oh. it's been specifically stated pins, disqualifications, and count outs have no bearing on this match. Silly Barry. Silly. I, I just think that Windham is so clued up and knows exactly what he's doing. He's testing the referees. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's not and made he, a mistake there, not Barry Windham. And in fact, that one of the rules that Tony mentions uh kind of telegraphs the ending. I mean, we will get to the ending, obviously, but he mentions a rule where the the referee's decision when it pertains to the result is final, Mm. Uh, which uh, kind of makes you think, why are you 
why are you signaling that out? Why are you kind of like putting that out there in the ether? Um, especially when you said it's a submit or or um, what, knockout surrender, or whatever. Yeah. Submit or surrender. And that's Why it. That's, now... that's the only way you can win war games. They keep hammering now, that, don't they? Until now. Until this very one where they say, yeah. but the ref has final say, meaning if he, you cannot overrule him, which we eventually will get to. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, we get a whole big bunch of figure four leg locks, don't we? Every, everyone applies a figure four, which I got mm-hmm. a bit of a kick out of. I enjoyed that. That was quite cool. Yeah, I don't please. normally really enjoy spots like that, but because I didn't remember this happening from when I watched it previously, when it did happen, I was like, oh, that was quite cool. Yeah, it was. Um, then we we, we see um, the biggest guy in the match come in, Sid Vicious. Yeah. Uh, and we, we kind of then realised that Maybe the cage isn't big enough. Well, there's one moment bef- um, where Sting is pressing Ric Flair above yeah. his head, mm-hmm. and that kind and of <laughs> it kind of works to his advantage. The cage being like that because that was a cool visual for me, where he's slamming it, Flair into the the roof into of the, the roof of the cage. Yeah, that was yeah. a really cool visual. I really enjoyed that. Um, but it goes from being a really cool visual to quite the hindrance very quickly Max doesn't it do you want to uh, run through what happens to our poor poor friend Brian <laughs> well uh, before that well, obviously uh, before we get to the, the end uh, obviously Sid Vicious is pretty much the same size as the cage yeah. he spends the majority <laughs> of the match kind of scooting down because uh, yeah. his, uh, his poo font um, uh, poodle style um, hair is super noodle hair yeah he's grazing the top of the cage um so then uh, the last guy comes in, uh, Scott Steiner. And one thing I found weird was the referee was holding Scott back with a, a very tender little hug around his waist. I've never, oh. I didn't notice that on the on the first watch through. But yeah, I noticed it this time. It's like, it looked weird, but they, they let him in the cage. And then, yeah, we, we start kind of like them building to the finish. Everybody's just absolutely beating the living piss out of each other. Uh Daniel um, uh, Brian Pillman has been absolutely superb, kind of like as, as the plucky underdog. Uh, never say die. Takes a a, a, a a licking and keeps on ticking, kind of a wrestler. But yeah, then we get. To I've the, never heard that before. What takes, takes a licking, licking. Keeps, yeah. keeps on ticking? I don't think I've ever heard that before. Okay, so, I'm, I'm stealing that. I'm using that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, essentially, we all know what Sid's kind of uh, finish is. He is uh, the the master of the powerbomb. Mm-hmm. The only problem is when he is the size of the cage and the roof is above his head. When he goes to powerbomb somebody, they have to go through the roof essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and, or. And, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so what ascend- what happens is uh, Brain kind of slams into the roof, and then he's slammed into the into the canvas. Catches his uh, his feet uh, a couple of times, and yeah, dropped clearly on his neck. Which uh, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, and and this is a guy who obviously had um, he was played up to the the, sh- the shoulder injury, but in real life he had a lot of kind of niggling injuries all the way throughout his his career. So yeah, he. He gets demolished essentially by, by Sid Vicious to the point where, uh, and this is where Nick Patrick comes into play. Um, giant Gonzalez. Yeah, giant Gonzalez. I'll tell you what's weird about that as well, Maxi. Right. First of all, obviously, Sid nearly kills Pillman. If you've not seen that powerbomb spot, 
go mm-hmm. and seek seek out is terrible. He then decides, okay, so the first one didn't go well. I'll just do it again. <laughs> yeah, I've just <laughs> nearly killed a man. Yeah, my I'll, bad. I'll, I'll, I'll do have it properly again. this time. I promise. Yeah, and, and then, then nearly... El, El Gigante or El Gigante, however you pronounce it, Giant Gonzalez, basically in WWF, mm-hmm. comes down to the ring. And first of all, it's weird seeing this dude anyway because he's just a weird-looking fella. But what adds to the weirdness is the fucker's running. Yep. Now, have you ever seen a guy that gangly? He looks like a daddy long legs in some kind of wrestling gear. Run. That was so... I thought his knees were going to pop out of his, his, his skin at one stage, you know? Or his ankles were just going to double over. Or it, Oh, my God. It looked, it's like people like that shouldn't shouldn't be able to run, surely. And and especially if you compare him to uh, his, his running WWF, um, where he was a slow, lumbering kind of foil for Undertaker. Mm. Seeing him run is is uh, an absolute shock. Uh, and seeing him with, with no facial hair is an absolute shock yeah. as well. Uh, but, yeah, he comes in. I have no idea why. I have not got the he's context of... He's mates with Pillman, isn't he? I mean, he's mates, he's mates with Pillman, and he's supposed to be... Um, they're, they're trying to push him as this big babyface star. They want him to be like... There, Andre the Giant, but it yeah. is going already going very, so, very wrong because the yeah. guy can't speak English for a start. Mm-hmm. So there's no way. I'm guessing there's not many people backstage who who can communicate with an Argentine basketball player one on one. You know, so the guy can't speak English. He can't wrestle. He, he he just can't. And they're trying to push him as this massive superstar. He's been in a couple of tag matches to try and hide his shortcomings. But even then you're looking at him and you're thinking, yeah, you don't really belong in this world, my friend. Yeah. You know, you, you are, um, you are just a sad show in, in wrestling. You are an yeah. attraction, I suppose. He was but, very uh, young as well, mind. He was very, very young. Cause he died in his forties. Yeah. And he, he, you know? And so here he must've been in his twenties, I would guess. You know, very, very young. He comes to the country, doesn't speak the language, has no pro wrestling training whatsoever. They've literally looked at this dude and gone, you're fucking massive. Come here, have a go at this. Yeah, exactly. Can you run? Not really. Well, you'll do for us. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he runs down to the ring, doesn't he? Like, really determined, really like, I'm going to get in there. i got to help my... i got to get in there and fight. And he looks like he's going to have a scrap with, with everybody. But whoever's booked this uh, has obviously got this part right. Because when he gets in the ring, he doesn't scrap with anyone. He just stops what he's doing and goes, "We'd stop this, I think, because Brian Pillman's mm-hmm. fucking dead." Yeah, you know? and, and, and and you mentioned about the, the 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 cameras not cutting away from the collapsing cage. The camera doesn't cut away from him and Brian having a conversation no. whilst Brian is meant to be dead, uh, and it, it's essentially, "Are you all right, Brian?" No, he's fucking trying to kill me and get me out of here <laughs> quick before he does it again. So um, um, El Gigante uh, attempts to get Brian out of the cage. Brian very kindly puts his arms under the ropes and positions him so he can be dragged out and he's carried from the arena like a little baby um, <laughs> in, in the giant arms of El Gigante. Oh, uh, and then the match just stops. Uh, we get word from uh, Nick Patrick, uh, who comes over to talk to, to Jim Ross uh, and Dusty to say, yep, the, the match is over. Um, Brian Pillman couldn't continue. I've called it. Got a problem with it. Tough titties. But Yeah, it's so strange because they press all the way through, don't they? Submission or surrender. That is mm-hmm. it. 
yes. one of the competitors must submit or surrender. So you've got this lanky basketball player come <laughs> to the ring and say, yeah, we've got to stop the match. And the ref's like, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to go with this fella. He looks like he knows what he's on about. <laughs> you know? And if I say no to him, he's probably just going to dunk me on the head and I'm going to go six foot under the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, just absolutely... The finish is nonsense, mate, isn't it? The finish is nonsense. But the action in between between the, the ropey start with uh with the, the flying crossbody and the inexplicable massive Argentinian basketball player ending a match, the bit in the middle was was really, really good brawling. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's war games like war games should be done for me. War game this one and ninety two and, and a few in the eighties, gold. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, great stuff. I agree. So, Magsy, out of 10. Right. So, Dave, uh, like I said, he he thinks it's one of the best shows that's ever uh, happened in the history of wrestling. Uh, and I think we mentioned on, on the last recording that this was the only Scott Steiner match that has five stars. It's also the only Brian Pillman match that has five stars. I don't think it's a five-star match because... Of the 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 mess the mess up in the at the beginning and the wonky finish, but mm. I I had fun watching it. I really did have fun watching it. Watching classic Flair doing all those classic uh, kind of flops and the the whole uh, war he had throughout his career with Sting. Uh, Brian uh, Barry Windham is superb. Uh, Brian Pillman is 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 really good, and even Sid who essentially kills a man in the match. Even he's pretty good. Even he's pretty good in this match. Um so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna happily go with an eight on this one. Okay. Okay. So yeah I'm I'm gone for an eight as well mate. Oh well I'm gone for an eight. So, see I have gone I, I I've really enjoyed it. It's right in my wheelhouse man. WCW nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. It's just before Flair leaves I mean, to be fair, you look through who's in this match, quite a few of them are gone relatively quick. The Steiners are in WWF fairly soon. Flair's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, quite a few of them sort of jump ship around this time. Uh, and Jack Gonzalez goes. Oh, God, yeah. He's, <laughs> about a year later, he departs. And he, oh, yeah. And that's not, the more we discuss that, the more it makes me shudder. But um, to me, the best war games of all time, I mean, we, we got Matt Willis in the chat there, and he gives a shout for the Undisputed Era versus Team Champa as being very good. And yes, it is. It is absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed that match. I enjoyed watching it back in the past as well. But to me, war games needs a roof. Mm-hmm. Just because I, what I grew up watching and, and the tradition of war games, it had a roof, and that's what set it aside. Two cages with a roof and so on. To me, the best war games of all time is 92. So this one I can't give too high a mark because if we ever look at 92, that one's going to come in higher. So yeah, an eight, an 8 out of 10 for me, I think works quite well. Would have been higher if it wasn't for the basketball player being a lunatic at the end, shall we say. It's yeah, just a ridiculous finish. Ridiculous. It is. But a great match to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've killed Brian. <laughs> he, he ain't flying no more. <laughs> Walking Brian Pillman. <laughs> Limping Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then, Mags. So then, for our special Christmas episode next week on the 27th of December... We decided, didn't we, that we were going to try and link to Christmas-themed matches, whether they took place on 
on or around Christmas or they have a Christmas theme or whatever, because next week is our Christmas special. So we should, in theory, do something Christmassy. Mm-hmm. What have you got for us, Mags? Oh, now, this this was a tough, a tough ask uh, because I want to keep up the, the traditions of uh, the chain. So they have to have some sort of link to the previous match, but linking this match to Christmas, yeah, it, it, it took a little bit of a stretch. Um, but I got there. I think I got there. So um, War Games uh, in, in this iteration and even in the iteration that we have now, is it tends to revolve around at least one faction. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the 90s, it was usually the, uh, the, the Forsman. Uh, the current one, it was up to up to uh, uh, this year's. It was all about the undisputed era, uh, and I'm a massive lover of factions, so that really kind of uh, it, it 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 ticks a lot of boxes for me. So for me, the link is factions, uh, and one of the I think most underrated factions that we've uh, that we've seen in 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 wrestling is is the Spirit Squad. Um, oh my god. The, they get a, they get a lot of hate through the the spirit squad, um, but one kind of uh, wrestler in that group has has really stood out uh, to to be counted. Um, and no, it's not Kenny. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Yeah. It's Dolph Ziggler, obviously. Dolph Ziggler, Ziggle Piggle, pudding pants. Uh, <laughs> And he's been uh, involved in a in a Christmas match, so that's the that's the the link that I'm going to. But the issue is, Christmas matches tend to be pretty short, so to put a little bit more meat on the bone, um, I'm actually going for several uh, Christmas um, skits and and matches from a very particular episode of Raw. So okay. I want to go to. Monday Night Raw from December the 23rd of 2013, which was actually uh, subtitled The Battle for Christmas. Uh, And on that Raw, we get um, Ziggle Piggle Pudding Pants. He takes on Fandango in a Christmas present on a pole match. Uh, We also get um, Mark Henry taking on Damien Sandow. Uh, in a Christmas match, so I want to cover those two matches, and there is also a Christmas carol off between I think it's R Truth uh, and Santino Morella and and Great Carly. So yeah, it's Xavier Woods and R Truth uh, and Santino Morella and Great Carly. So for the Christmas episode, it's it's three for the price of one. We're covering a, a Christmas carol sing off. Uh, Christmas present on a pole match and Mark Henry versus Damien Sandow in the battle for Christmas. So basically what you're doing is cheating again, bending the rules to suit yourself. No, absolutely not. not. Uh, Okay. So the December the 23rd, 2013 rule battle Mm -hmm. for Christmas with Fandango versus Ziggler, um, a Carol off. And what was the other match that you mentioned as well? Mark Henry versus Damien Sandow. Right. Okay, so there's plenty going on in that episode, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Plenty going on. Okay. Um, my link is from a few years previous. Um, we're going to go to 2014, hopefully, if my selection wins. 
and it's a very tenuous link, Max, because the idea of doing a Christmas episode and making sure that we link to the match previously, as you said, uh, it, it was harder in practice than it was when we were discussing it, to be fair, in my head. so But I think I've managed to do it. I think I've managed to do it. Before War Games 91, so on this same card, Russell 91, we have a match featuring Terry Taylor versus the Z-Man, Tom Zeng. We do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Terry Taylor is the computer-made man at this stage. He is being managed by Alexandra York. Terry Runnels. Yes, Terry Runnels. Terry, yeah, the the little she-devil, as they called herself. She had a a, a faction called the York Foundation, Mm -hmm. which was, again, all based around this incredibly chunky, heavy laptop she had, and she could predict how people were going to win the matches, and computers were going to help her guys win the matches, and so on. Um. One of the very first members of the York Foundation was actually a guy called Michael Wall Street. It was. Who was Mike Rotunda, who was also IRS and so on. He he was Michael Wall Street, and he was one of the very first members of the York Foundation getting ha- helped by, by uh, Alexander York and her computer and so on. Mike Wall Street has a couple of kids. Yeah. One of them has got the glorious first name of Wyndham because obviously he's named after the wrestling god Barry Windham. But one of Mike Wall Street's children is Windham Rotunda, who who we all know and mostly on the whole love, I believe, as Bray Husky Wyatt. Harris. I mean, Husky Bray Harris. Wyatt. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so that's my link, mate. I'm going to go to Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose in a Miracle on 34th Street fight from the December 22nd, 2014 rule. This was actually what I considered as well. So yeah. I would be happy if that one uh, that one wins. So there you go. Those are your two choices for our Christmas special next week. We have the December 23rd, 2013 Raw, Battle for Christmas, Fandango versus Ziggler, Mark Henry versus... Oh, Max, I should have written it down. Who is it? Mark Henry versus... Damien Sandow. Damien Sandow. Uh, a sing-off with various characters involved there as well. Xavier Woods and R-Truth versus Santino Morella and the great Carly. Thank you very much. I like a bit of Santino. A great Carly, I ain't sure, mate, but I like a bit of Santino. Uh, Or we have the December 22nd, 2014 episode of Raw. Miracle on 34th Street Fight. Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt in that one there. Those are your two options in the poll for our Christmas special next week, the 27th of December at 9pm UK time. Join us for that when you're sick of all the Christmas nonsense and you fancy a break. Come and join me and Mags. We're going to have some mince pies, some eggnog, some sherry. I like zero of those three things. I, I, I'm not actually saying we're going to have those. Those are just three things that popped <laughs> in my head. Three, three Christmassy th- things. Yeah, the, just the first three Christmassy <laughs> things that popped in my head. I don't know what that was. Maybe we'll have a bit of turkey or something. I don't know. It'll be Christmassy no matter what. Uh, a great Christmas non-wrestling topic. A Christmas set of matches to discuss and look through as well. Join us there. The poll will be up, as always, on the show's Twitter midweek when the audio version comes out. Um, Mr. Max, where can everybody find you? And also, before we go, let everyone know about the volley which is following us live right here on Radio Deckers. Yes, thank you very much. So you can follow me down here on the Twitters. Uh, I am not one of the toxic ones, believe me. So definitely come and give me a follow uh, where you'll find links to all the content that I'm involved in, uh, which would include the volley, which uh, will be live pretty much straight after we finished 
here. I'll, get, I'll have just enough time to refresh my coffee before we discuss the the last week in the in the Premier League, which has been very uh, riddled with uh, with COVID. A lot of the matches that have been uh, uh, been postponed. Um, so yeah, it may be a short, sharp, shot one, but there's plenty of goals to to talk about and a lot of uh, of interesting, controversial points that we'll be we'll be covering. So yeah, come in, uh, stick around, and uh, listen to me and Matt talk about the footballs. Exactly, exactly. Okay, you can find me at SJP Words, but most importantly, you can find the show at Chain underscore Wrestling on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that TikTok thing of me. I want to say, just before we go, thank you so, so much to everyone who has tweeted the show, tweeted me, DM'd me, and so on, um, wishing me well as, as I had covid last week and, and and all sorts apologies again for the show missing last week join us next week for our christmas special um and lastly i guess have a bloody fantastic christmas because this, this is the last episode of chain wrestling before the big day i hope everyone has a wonderful time i hope everyone gets what they want from father christmas as long as you have been good matt willis i know you haven't been so you're getting cold i can imagine everybody have a glorious day and we will see you on the 27th I'm off now to probably take another natural flow test and have another granny nap because I'm feeling a bit tired still. Magsy, I'll see you on the 27th, my friend. Have a good Christmas, bud. Same to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye-bye.